a long time ago in the greatest movie of all time, far, far away. Today on the show, Star Wars. Welcome, everyone, to the greatest movie of all time, the podcast in which I, your co-host, the total package, Rick Barrasso. And uh, your co-host, the big Deck Boski. That's right, Deck Boski. We're going to watch every single movie ever made, and we are going to help decide which is the greatest of them all. How are you today, Derek? I'm fantastic. How about yourself? I'm doing great. And you know why I'm doing great? I know why you. I know why you're doing great because we're doing we're doing something special today. That's right. We are doing Star Wars. Oh yeah, a new that's... hope. A new hope for those people who just well, want to just just to clarify to make sure people know what we're talking about. Because sometimes well, people are like, you're doing Star Wars. Oh, which one? You know, some people will be stupid and ask that, even though it's not the case. It shouldn't, you shouldn't ask that. Um, just want to clarify. Now, Star Wars and Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, different versions of the same movie. There's some differences, but yes, it's for purposes of, we may have actually watched different versions of this. And I, I think we probably did. We probably did. I, I watched yeah. mine on Amazon prime today. Yes. So. so what I watched it on, there was the last release. So in the nineties, for those who don't know, George Lucas went back, he made some cuts, he made some changes, he re-edited the movie and he updated some, um, some computer graphics, things like that. The original untouched version that was last released in 2004 on a DVD and I have those DVDs. So that's what I go to. Okay. I was going to ask you that because some of the creatures in the version that I watched looked like they were like updated in the two thousands. Yeah. And I was like, Holy shit. There's no way this is a 1977 creature. You're absolutely <laughs> right. They are not. They're like 1996 creatures. It, I was like, wow, this is really ahead of its time. And I'm like, yeah, there's no way this was the last time I watched it. That This was not a thing. So yeah. 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 No, that was, uh, that was not, what was released in 77. So we may run into some differences. Uh, if, if we do, we'll, we'll discuss them then. So we're traveling to a galaxy far, far away today. But before we do that, we're going to take care of some business. Last week, we finished up our deep dive into the Best Picture nominees from the year 2000 with American Beauty, a movie that we definitely had some thoughts on, to say the least. Mm-hmm. We had a great conversation about that. Listen to that episode or any of our library on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever app you like to use. Subscribe, review if you can. It'd be extremely helpful for the show. I like doing those Oscar movies. If you enjoyed it or if you have anything else you want us to do, let us know on social media. We are the Greatest Movie of All Time podcast on Facebook, at Great Movie Cast on Twitter, and at Rick and Rec on Instagram. And you can always email us at greatestmoviepod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And of course, as one of our closest, dearest friends from way back, Bruce Wayne would say, tell your friends about us. Yeah, we just had lunch with him the other day. We did. He didn't buy, and he's a billionaire. That was and, we were, and, and, and you know what I mean? We were at Spuds. He didn't buy, so what the heck? Spuds is closed. No, uh, no, no. <laughs> it's, a dope, it's open in here, Rick, and I'm pointing to my heart. He reopened it. Missed the <laughs> citrus buffalo wings. I'm pretty sure uh, that's a Korean burger bar now. 
It is. I've 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 been. It's Oh, uh, you have. I have. We'll talk about that, we'll about that later then. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> but today we're going to the Star Wars. Yep. Star Wars aka Star Wars Episode 4 A New Hope is a for those of you who haven't heard of it, a sci-fi fantasy movie from 1977 directed by George Lucas. It's got Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. Carrie Fisher as Princess Leia Organa, Harrison Ford as Han Solo, James Earl Jones as the voice of Darth Vader, and Sir Alec Guinness as Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's got an 8.6 on the Internet Movie Database, a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 90% on Metacritic. Wow, it, that's the highest I've ever heard Metacritic. The people like Star Wars, what can I say? I guess so. So it has, including re-releases, grossed, Seven hundred seventy-five point eight million dollars on a budget of eleven million dollars. Wowie! Yep, Roger Ebert, four out of four, swept him away. Gene Siskel, three and a half stars. He was more. Wow. He was more impressed with the visuals, and he said this. I found interesting because he wrote this in seventy-seven. It was a live-action Marvel comic book. Okay. Interesting foreshadowing for the movie industry. Interesting note from the bassist of Kiss. Gene Siskel. I know. It's a joke, Rick. <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> I know. And I know you like that one a lot. That was great. Yeah, hilarious. Great job, Deck Bosky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm awful one. Uh, he said it. <laughs> so he compared it to a live action Marvel comic book, but he did say that of the actors in the movie, only Alec Guinness was memorable. Which, <laughs> okay. <laughs> That weird take, but hey, he was nominated for an Oscar, so whatever the, that was a that was the opinion of the day. Interesting. So, negative review, and th- that's from, this is from Pauline Kale, who is not quite my Christ gal. Listen to the greatest album of all time podcast to get that reference. Um, she's not quite my Christ gal, but I do disagree with her a lot. She is. Uh, she wrote at this point for the New Yorker. She gave a negative review. She said the movie is exhausting, and essentially said it was too childish to be a great movie. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I. I. I can't get behind that. I. I, I don't agree with her, but the childish thing. I, I have a comment about that later, and I'm not saying I agree with her, but I, I do want to comment on that. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll get to that later. So, it's. Probably one of the more iconic movies of all time. It's one of the keystones of modern nerd culture. It's one of the highest grossing movies of all time. Deck Boski, mm-hmm. when did you first see Star Wars? So I think fans of the show know that I've said this in previous episodes that I did not watch the original movies as a child. Um, I feel like a lot of children, their parents show them Star Wars or they find it through like a sibling or something like that. Uh, but I, I just didn't. Uh, I guess I could say that my Harrison Ford movies were Indiana Jones. Those were, those were my favorite movies as a kid. And I never really got a chance to watch the Star Wars movies. Unfortunately for me, uh, my uncle took me and my cousins to go see Star Wars Episode One in 1999. And that was the first one that I was really, I, I knew about the old ones, the, the originals, but I didn't see them all the way through. So that was my first one, episode one. And, and I will say I liked it a lot because it was different. It was new to me. And the lightsaber battle at the end was pretty, pretty fucking cool. Not that I think the movie was good now, but, sure. um, but yeah, so I, I've seen, I've seen this movie probably about four or five times. And 
I, uh, yeah, I, I, the most recent time I watched it was today. So I, it's very fresh in my memory. So right. I'm, ready to, I'm ready to go. Yeah. So my, my, my first time, I, I, this used to be a movie, I think it was on USA or TNT or one of those cable channels. I think they played it like every Christmas or some holiday, 4th of July. It would be on the, the, the three movies would be on and I would catch it bits and pieces. And this was when I was I was very young at this point. The first time I really made a point to watch it, I was staying at a, a, an aunt and uncle's house, and I had an older cousin who had them on VHS. And the VHS cases were so striking. I was probably seven, maybe, at the time, something like that, if I had to guess. And it just, you know, I saw just a stormtrooper, and Darth Vader, just looking at me. And I was like, I got to see what this is. And I popped it in. And from that point, I was hooked. You know, it was just, it just grabbed me. The the characters, the effects, the story, it was right there. And it's been rewarding going forward and appreciating the movies maybe on a different level than I did when I was seven. And I think it's it's a movie that works on levels for everybody. But don't take my word for it because we got an email. Did we? We did. And we got an email from friend of the show, Chris Bonapani. Oh, good. Yep. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Yep. So let me just read Chris's thoughts here. Because I think he puts it very well. What can be said about Star Wars that hasn't been echoed a thousand times? Star Wars is a lifelong engagement. It was there for me after school as a boy. It was under the Christmas tree on Christmas morning, on my bookshelf and iPod. Theatrical releases during graduation of elementary, middle, and high school, of course, by design. It's in every major film and piece of media that you've consumed, whether you realize it or not. Star Wars has changed the scope of story on the screen. Before these practical and convincing effects awed the world, imaginations were big, but the execution was not capable. Yet. As a writer, George Lucas penned the modern format for a proper trilogy, which to sum up quickly, adventurous origin, dark middle piece, and the ultimate triumph of the conclusion. He's innovated not just film, but the computer and digital world by plugging in different brains from MIT, the Bay Area, Hollywood projects such as digital effects probably would not have been invested in. And procured so rapidly has Star Wars not existed. Who knows what would have become of Ed Catmull, if George Lucas didn't have the appetite and funding to change technology and the world at large. Catmull's boss after Lucas, purchaser of Lucasfilm Digital Arts, Steve Jobs. Yeah, the guy who put that little thing in your pocket. A man one step ahead of every business he dabbled in, and it all began like Luke Skywalker on the edge of a desert in a sleepy little farm town. Big dreams and some oddball friends can take you a long way from those little places we originate. Star Wars may not be the single greatest movie of all time, but it's one of the most important events in um, the American 20th century. May the force be with you. Nicely said, Chris. Thank you very much for that. Chris comes up big. And that's that he does bring up a point where this movie, even if the, it's not the greatest acting of all time, even if it's not the greatest writing of all time, it's so important to society that we have to look at it from an angle of what is great. When we say the greatest movie of all time, 
what does great actually mean? Because I would put this on the level of like the Wizard of Oz, where it's such the iconography and the images are so like so ingrained into pop culture that you're almost talking about this movie and certain other movies differently than you would you know, then we did American Beauty last week, you know? Right, right. I, I, so we, we, we all know this, that Rick's a much bigger fan than I am than, uh, than, uh, for these movies, but I will say this, and this is a pretty bold statement I'm about to say, and I've never said it before, and I've never thought of it before until this moment, but I think Star Wars is so important to film. I would compare Star Wars to what the Beatles are for music. Wow. Um, and again, I like Star Wars. I've, I don't have major problems with it. Uh, I didn't grow up with it. That's why it's not embedded into me. But it is Star Wars is everywhere you go. Even people who aren't nerds, people still love these movies. And that, that goes to show you that it's, it goes beyond what it's supposed to be. And that's what the Beatles did. They, they went yeah. beyond what music was. It's a, it's a culture thing. It's just, if, you're, if you live in America, you need to know what Star Wars is. You need to know yeah. what it is. I, I mean, you can sit down and you can say, you know what? There are better guitarists than Paul McCartney. There are yeah. better drummers than Ringo. Yep. You know, there, there are better, you know, singers than John Lennon. You can do that. Yeah. But just the alchemy of those four people and the alchemy of this movie, it's just, it's magic. I don't, I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. But there may be one or two of you out there. I've talked to people who have never seen Star Wars. Never, they they somehow, despite not having seen it, know what happened somehow. But maybe it's it's avoided you. Maybe you're listening to a movie podcast, and you're like, "What Star Wars? What? Uh, we, they're fighting wars in the stars." Well, let's tell you about it because every week, Derek puts thirty seconds on his Spotify. He chooses a song and times out, and you can listen along if you want times me as I tell you what happens in the movie we're covering. Derek, what is the song you've chosen this week? I have chosen Seven Witches by the Cosmic Vultures. Oh, goodness. Goodness gracious. Yep. So count me down. Three, two, one, go. The, the Empire has kidnapped Princess Leia. But she sent out two droids, R2-D2 and C-3PO, to get help from Obi-Wan Kenobi, a former Jedi Knight. The droids come into possession, into possession of Luke Skywalker, who lives with his aunt and uncle on a moisture farm on Tatooine, and just wants to see the galaxy. They find Obi-Wan, who takes him along with the help of pilot Han Solo and Chewbacca to the Death Star, a huge space station. Unfortunately, by this point, the Empire, the Empire killed Luke's aunt and uncle and destroyed Leia's home planet. They rescue Leia, but Obi-Wan is killed by Darth Vader, a Sith Lord. Our heroes join with the Rebellion and launch an attack on the Death Star, blowing it up. Time! Damn. What happened? Who knows? And, and I gave you an extra two seconds, too, because yeah. my, my mute wasn't coming on, so. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, did the Death Star blow up? I guess we'll never know. Never, you'll never find out. We'll never and, know. And a point, to, to, to a point that you mentioned right before you, we started this, um, the people, like we said before, the people who haven't seen Star Wars, it doesn't matter because you know what it is. And yeah. that's why it's so important. Yes. Yes. So let's talk about our top three favorite scenes. And this was difficult for me. Of course. Of course it was. Let's do, let's do this. Derek, what's your number three scene? 
All right. So my number three favorite scene is the scene on the Death Star where some of our main characters, uh, Luke and Han, devise a plan where they're like, they handcuff Chewbacca and they, they have him go out there. They're going to walk him around. And then they end up like shooting everybody. They get away with it. They end up in this like control room and Han Solo is like talking to like another stormtrooper, like in the intercom. And he's like, everything's fine here. Uh, uh, how are you? And I, I was just like belly laughing today when that scene happened. Uh, I, of course, remembered it from the last times I've seen it. And also Family Guy makes a really big joke of this scene and it's really, really great. Yeah. But um, I, 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 there are moments in the movie that are just so comical and so well, like, well done. And this is one of them. Um, so this gets my bronze. Absolutely. So that's a great scene. I uh, I did a little bit differently. My number two and my number one, but number three is a very short scene, but it's one of the great images in movies, I think. And that's the twin sunsets. And that is the scene where Luke looks out and sees the two suns setting over Tatooine and the music just swells mm. that twin sons theme that, I mean, John Williams, maybe his finest moment. We'll talk about him later. Believe oh, I, me. we sure will. And there's no dialogue in this scene and the music is just everything you need to hear. It's yeah. just the longing of a young man looking for adventure. Yeah. Excellent. Which number two scene. So my number two scene uh, was the, I, I guess the end battle sequence um where we had uh with you know the the goal is to blow up the death star basically r.i.p porkins yep and uh han's return um it's one of those things where i uh, you know again not a huge i'm not the biggest fan in the world of this movie because i hadn't seen it that often but the moment where han returns and he's like yeah and like oh man it's like that great like moment like wrestling whereas like the glass breaks and stone and stone cold comes out and everyone's going freaking nuts in 1998 um, it was just amazing. Uh, it's a really, really cool sequence. A lot of people die in this scene. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not that we really care because honestly, I don't know who any of them are, but you know, it's, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of deaths and Luke gets the job done with the help of Han, uh, sends Darth Vader into a whirlwind, uh, death star blows up mission accomplished. Really cool scene. Yeah. And I mean, I guess th- this is probably since you bring that scene up a good place to, to bring up. It's, you may have heard the, the, the term Han shoots first or something like that. This is probably the biggest change George Lucas made when he went back and into the special editions. So the idea is in the original, the one I watched when Han is confronted by Greedo, the alien in the, in the bar, he's like, listen, I've got Jabba's money. Just give me a second. In the original version, Han just blows him away. Okay. Wow. Right. Just like he talks and he's like distracting him and he just blows him away before, yeah, you know, before Greedo has a chance to shoot him. George Lucas and the idea is, oh wow, this guy is very charming, but he's this total scumbag. He's just in it for himself. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, he comes back and he redeems himself. Yep. In the special editions, what George Lucas has happen is Greedo shoots first and misses, and then Han shoots him in self defense. So the redemption of Han Solo is not as great. Right. Okay. I get, I get what you're saying. Right. So nerds everywhere since 1997, I think, have been gnashing their teeth about this. So if you haven't heard of that, that's what that is. But 
my number two scene has nothing to do with that. My number two scene is more of a sequence, and it's the Death Star rescue. So everything from when Luke and Han realize lays on the ship to Obi-Wan's death. So that includes that the Wookiee prisoner gag and the trash compactor and Obi-Wan sneaking around and Han making his stupid like run towards and then away from the stormtroopers. And like Luke and Leia swinging across the chasm and Luke seeing Vader for the first time. Everything in this sequence is just so just jam-packed. Like it's it's just one hit after another and they're so interlinked that I had trouble separating them. Right. Makes sense. Right. But it's just phenomenal. What is your number one scene? So my number one scene is actually something you just mentioned. Um, this is the intro to Han Solo at the bar. Okay. Um, and I think this is the, I mean, again, it's so hard to say what's the most iconic scene from Star Wars. I mean, the whole thing is iconic. Yeah. But this for me was so memorable and it introduces this great this great character and um it's hilarious the, the 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 creatures george lucas creates are just hysterical some of them are just so funny looking um yeah. they're just so great um the music is so iconic that yeah. that song will never escape us you know there are moments that are so funny you know because everyone in the bar it's like it's like this uh when you when you you know hear about like um how can i word this uh, in the in the past, I'm I'm a nerd. I used to like do role playing in chat rooms and stuff. And you create a character and pretend that you're like uh, a mage, and you walk into a, a tavern and you meet people and you go on adventures. And this is like that place for this world. Yeah. You know, all these different assassins and people and different creatures are in there. And like somebody gets their arm chopped off by uh, Obi Wan, and everyone's like, "All right, there's a w- there's a werewolf in there." Yeah, and then people just people just go about their business like oh like and then Han Solo shoots you know like the assassin uh, job is assassin and like people are just like oh whatever everyone goes about their business it's like it's almost like it happens every day there yeah and it's uh, it's very very good and uh, this scene for me was um, especially look you mentioned Han Solo's I forget I'm sorry I forget the character's name who he shoots Rito. That's right. And uh, Hans, Hans Solo is like talking about the money and he like puts his hand behind him against the wall. And he's like, well, I don't have it now. And he's just so with me. He's so he's so charming. <laughs> like and he's so he's such a dick. And uh, it's such a great scene. And yeah, loved it. My favorite scene. Excellent. So my opening, my favorite scene, I just spoil it. My favorite scene is the opening of the movie. And that's everything from the opening crawl to basically like it's like the first eight minutes of the movie all right and and put yourself in 77 right it's kind of hard but okay right it is hard because (laughs) everything in this movie even though you if you haven't seen the movie imagine you are seeing darth vader for the first time and like there's nothing like that that entrance of just he like he walks through the door there's smoke and these just guys shooting at him and it he's choking people he's this giant dude in a black suit and with a black cape it would just absolutely blow your mind it's one of the more incredible introductions in any movie and never mind the music in this scene you know you have that the star wars theme which is just again john williams Good God. Yeah. Um, this is the Imperial March theme. Imperial March doesn't show up until Empire. Uh, oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. But this is the, this is the, bum, 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 like, okay. Yep. Right. Dun, 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 dun. 
the, the Star Wars theme. Oh yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. But in this scene, just think about Darth Vader is introduced, R2D2 is introduced, C3PO is introduced, Princess Leia is introduced. Characters who have lived in society since that moment. You know, Leia's got that iconic, you know, cinnamon bun hairdo. It just like hits you with it, just like, oh my God. And it's yeah, it's just one of my favorite sequences ever. It's it's great. So that's my number one. Now Let's talk about our least favorite part of the movie. I'll go first because I feel like you're probably going to have more than me. No, I doubt it. <laughs> no, my least favorite part, Luke and Leia kissing is not great in retrospect. In retrospect, but we're talking about this one movie. Talking about this one movie. You, I mean, you, you, you know, you don't know. I, I argued with this before. I just, but Gia, I was just like, it's kind of awkward. It's kind of weird. But then again, this yeah. one movie, you don't know anything yet. That's so. true. You can't tell me that he had it all planned out. And he was like, yeah, it was just they. It's me, George Lucas. They just have we just have them kissing. We just yeah, we just just brothers and sisters kiss like that. And also, I think the the fight between Vader and Obi Wan is not great. Again, in retrospect, it is not. But I'm sure even even so, in '77, it might have been really cool. It might it might have been it might have been. Yeah, you almost have to look at it with Obi Wan just really was standing there and just wanted Vader to think he killed him. Like he wanted, you know, that's, that's the only way it makes sense. Right. It didn't look like, you know, his intention was to have this epic fight with him. It was kind of like, he, he was being defensive the whole time, knowing yeah. what was going to happen. So, right. So what do you have? What's your, what's your least favorite? Um, so this is something that kind of goes with the whole idea of Star Wars. And again, I, this is a very unpopular opinion. And I actually, I, I don't mean to insult anybody's childhood, um, or anything like that. It's just my personal preference. But I actually, so this is my least favorite part of the movie, and it's actually something that I understand, though, and that is that I just feel like there's some goofy characters. It's just, it's kind of childish sometimes. And I, the reason why I, I, I say what I say is if, like, I don't, it, it doesn't matter to me all that much, because that's what George Lucas was going for. I mean, this movie hits on children, teenagers, adults, old people. It goes for everybody. So there's some very serious moments in this film. And there's some really, really goofy stuff in this film. And that's okay. Um, it, because that's what they were going for. It wasn't like George Lucas was going out to make this epic, strong, dramatic, dramatic movie. Sure. It was a, it's a fun adventure movie, and that, there's room for that. So I don't, I don't give him demerits for that. But for me specifically, like I, I'm usually typical, typically into more gritty things. But I guess you can also say that there's some goofy stuff in Indiana Jones too. But yeah. like for me, like C3PO, like honestly, as iconic of a character he is, don't give a shit about him at all. Everything he says, it's all for comedic purposes and it's sometimes it's not even funny it's just like oh he's just being quirky and i don't think his role even really matters a lot in this movie but you know he's there and he's iconic and it works that's all really i have to say about that it's just there's some goofiness in it but i think it works for the film so that's what i have to say so there's there's with c3 vo and r2d2 there's a lot of star wars a lot of the archetypes of star wars come from kurosawa films which are primarily like samurai films. Yep. Right. So there's a specific movie called Hidden Fortress, where it deals with like a kidnapped princess, and there's some side characters, and there's like a tall, skinny guy and like a short, fat guy, and they're kind of like your window into this. So that, that was a big influence. It was like almost a direct reference to that movie, mm-hmm. and that's why they're there. But I totally, I, I totally get where you're coming from. So let's go to medals. Who did you have for your bronze medal winner? 
So my bronze, uh, I shifted these around a lot, um, yeah. but I had to include this person. And in the past, I told you that I might not, and I decided that I have to. Uh, my bronze goes to George Lucas, yeah. um, writer, director. Um, I mean, this wouldn't even be possible if it wasn't for his brain working yeah. the way it did. And I appreciate a lot of things that he does in this, in this film, because I think that he hits on some really, really, really cool things just because I, I think in the future, he doesn't direct a lot of them, but like, yeah, the direction is lousy in some of them, but I don't think he's uh, I don't think he's a bad director by any means. I think he's a really good writer. And I think uh, he makes a lot of good, he creates a lot of great moments in this film. What, yeah. where, you know, and even at, like, back in 77, like the graphics, I mean, now we look at him, we're like, ah, you know, it is what it is. But like back then in 77, I'm sure those graphics were incredible. The whole star battle must have been insane. Everything about it must have been kind of nutty looking uh, for people right. watching it for the first time. I can even imagine in 77, you sit down in the theater and this big epic movie comes at you and the graphics are crazy. Good for him. He was ahead of his time in a lot of ways. And he did a great job. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So my bronze goes to Harrison Ford. And... There's a reason why when we watched 500 Days of Summer, when Joseph Gordon-Levitt, after he had sex with Summer for the first time, looked in a car window and saw his reflection as Han Solo. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's the coolest guy you can imagine. And Harrison Ford had a, a huge part in it because he was – Originally, the character was supposed to be dressed in, like, this weird, like, purple cape. More like, almost like Lando would be in later. That's what uh, I was going to say. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that would not have worked as well for this character. And, and Harrison Ford was the guy who was like, why don't we just dress him like a cowboy? <laughs> you know? Like, he's a cowboy. He's a, he's a gunslinger. That's who right. he is. And it's absolutely worked. And he's the, the right guy at the right time in the right role. And he kills it. And there's a reason why that like, it's, it's almost unfortunate for him that he's too good. And he wants to, I think, be more remembered for Indiana Jones. It seems like where he, you know, he came back spoilers, I guess, but he was like, I will only come back for the force awakens. If you kill me, cause I'm sick of all this Han Solo bullshit, but I mean, he's so great in it. He's, he's undeniable. Yeah, uh, for sure. So, so who's, your, who's your silver? Silver goes to John Williams. Uh, he is incredible. He's the greatest film composer of all time, in my opinion. Um, he can make any movie better just with the music. Even, you know, something like the movie Hook. You know, it's like he just makes any movie better. And this time around, I notice a lot of the background music. And it's always memorable. And it's always good. And always enhances things. He knows how to create tension with music. Yeah. And it's it's beautiful. I mean, let's the Star Wars theme in general. It's one of the most iconic theme songs ever in the history of anything. And that's just, you know, he's just John Williams is just getting warmed up with Star Wars and 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 Jaws and movies like that. He's just getting going. And uh like I said before, he just makes it better. I mean, I'm sure the composers could have done some good stuff here, but it's just the right chemistry. You know, you, you put John Williams in an adventure movie and you let him do the score, you're going to get great things. And he's, he's great. He gets my silver. Absolutely. Might as well keep it rolling because John Williams gets my silver medal as well. There's probably like five themes in this movie that I can just recognize as like, oh, this is this character's theme. This, you know, this is, this is the movie's theme. It's so instantly identifiable and recognizable to even – someone who doesn't 
who's not a movie fan. Like I can play this, you know, I can play the Star Wars theme for people who have not seen the movie and they'll go, oh, that's Star Wars. Right, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. So, I mean, it's just, just everything you said is, is, is 100% dead on. So who is your gold medal winner? I mean, my gold is has Harrison Ford. Uh, he, he's, he's the coolest. He's the coolest freaking guy on the planet. And he, he almost makes being a jerk seem really, like really cool. Yeah. Like he just, he's, he's careless. He's for himself, but he's just so likable. It's just so hard. And especially that scene where like, you know, he's so good when like, you know, him and Luke are sitting and the Millennium Falcon, by the way, the way he says Millennium Falcon, in the movie's like Millennium Falcon, the way, for the way Ford says it is very odd. But anyway, they're sitting there and, and, and Leia, you know, gets mad at, at, at Han Solo, walks away and Luke Skywalker's like, what do you think of her? And he's like, ah, not my type, whatever. He's, and he's, Luke's like, good. And then, like, Hansel was like, well, and he has to just put it on, and it's make Luke aggravated. Like, he just has to get the last thing in. Uh, he's, trying to, he's trying to neg Leia in front of Luke just because he's a dick. Like, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's so good. And, you know, it's funny, uh, the original casting for this role was going to be Al Pacino. And I might be the only person on the planet who can say that I can totally see it, especially 70s Pacino. Uh, he's more like, what, what are you talking about? Uh, this is Al Pacino in the 70s. He's a very dog day afternoon, fast talking guy. Yeah. I, think, I think he would have done a great job. But this role in this movie really skyrocketed Harrison Ford's career. And I'm glad it did. Um, I'm glad that the success that this man has had, I'm glad. I mean, this guy was in like magazines for the sexiest man alive and he deserves it. The guy just has something about him, you know, and, uh, he, he makes this movie just so much better. And again, everybody else in the movie was, was really, really great. I really did enjoy the acting and the way, especially, um, Mark Hamill. I really like Mark Hamill in this movie too. I think, but, but, but Harrison Ford had the role, the role you want, you know? So he gets my gold. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there's there's a ton of people I could give you know, honorable mentions to for this. You know, Mark Hamill being the you know probably my fourth place. Yep. Because he's you know again you know you look at these archetypes. You know, Han Solo is the rogue. Luke Skywalker is the hero. You know, the hero's journey. Again, right guy, right place, right role. So my gold is your bronze. It's George Lucas, mm. and it's his vision. It's brought to the world. This is, in my opinion, the best movie he's ever directed by a lot. He's also gets points because he has the bright idea that he's not going to take a salary for directing the movie. He's going to get paid based on the toy sales. <laughs> I was going to mention that. I was like, can we just talk about merchandise for a second? Yeah. yeah. So every kid, every, at least every boy and a lot of girls as well can tell you, there was a lot of action figures. There was a lot of laser guns. There was a lot of lightsabers. And guess who got a cut of everything? I'm sure there are people out there who have Star Wars collections that are worth more than every dollar I've ever gotten in my life. Sure. <laughs> I, I, yeah, absolutely. You know, he's, he, I mean, he, he's not getting it anymore because after Disney bought it out, but. I mean, I'm sure he made out really well on that deal as well. Right, right. But yeah, the like they sold a lot of those fuckers. Yeah, you know? it's, it's, I mean, again, like like you said, like even though George isn't isn't getting the rights nowadays, still, still the memorabilia is everywhere. And yeah. If you, if if there's and again, this is different because it's a but it's part of the universe. I cannot even tell you how many people I know, especially in the company that I work for, which is 3D printing. How many people mention? 
how many times they've printed a baby Yoda. It is almost yeah. to the point where I'm like, I am so sick of hearing the phrase baby Yoda, but it's can, so iconic. It's so big. Here's what you do. Whenever they say baby Yoda, say, do you mean Grogu? That's his real name. <laughs> right, right, right. I, but it's just, it's, it's so, them, it's unfathomable how much, I, I'd like to know a number someday of like just an estimate of how much Star Wars merchandise is sold since 1977. I just like to know that number. Let's do it. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, the, the number's going to be astronomical. It's going to be, it's going to be in the high billions. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. So those are our medals. Let's go to recasting. And I have got six. I've got six roles that I'm recasting. Damn. You know what? Let me go first thing. Cause okay. I, I only, I have one okay. thing. Very unpopular. Okay? okay. Very unpopular. The only thing I didn't really love and everyone's going to shit on me for this and that's okay. I don't really all the time buy into James Earl Jones. I just don't, and I don't know why. That is the last name that I thought you would say. I don't know what it is. I think he's got one of the most iconic voices ever, but it, because I know that he's a large black man and, and Anakin Walker is a white man in the suit. Anakin just, Walker? Anakin, that's how I'm saying, Anakin Skywalker. Anakin Walker, yeah. <laughs> he's played with the Celtics in the 90s and early 2000s. Yeah. Anakin Walker. He, he shakes and dances when he gets a basket. Yeah. Um, no, um, I don't know why, but it, like, I, I think it's fine. I think it's fine. But I think they could have gotten even better voice actors for this. And I think, per, and this is a guy we'll see later on in Star Wars, but I think Christopher Lee would have also done a fantastic job. Yeah. Later. But again, that's just me nitpicking. Dreams of Jones did a great job. I, I just... Because I didn't have any other things, I just had to do one, and that was mine. So go ahead, Rick. All right. So I did this, and I made a – okay, I made a rule that I could not ca- – I, I recast it as I was casting it today. And mm-hmm. my rule is that I could not cast anyone who has been in a Star Wars movie. All right? Cool. Cool. So you're not going to see yeah, – you're not going to see Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi. So let's, uh, let's start. Do you want to start with villains or heroes? Just go, go where, you, where you feel. Okay. So, Grand Moff Tarkin. Christoph Waltz. <laughs> yes. Right? To me, it was like, yeah, need it. Got it. That's okay. a bingo. That's a, that's, a, that's a bingo, Ringo. Uh, Rick, that's a bingo. Ooh, that's a bingo. I almost just said, that's a bingo, Ringo, instead of Rick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Vader. Voice of Vader. I have two that I'm going back and forth on. These are two guys who played very iconic villains, but I think I'm going to go with Josh Brolin, a.k.a. Thanos. Who is the other one? Hugo Weaving. Ooh. He almost sounds, it might, it, I, yeah, it could go either way. I think I, I'm, I think I'm sticking with Josh Brolin. Damn. I think, I think so. I think Hugo Weaving is like too British. I think he's, he'd be like, or Australian. Okay. He's Australian. He's too Australian. You know, it, 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 like as Ameri- I feel like he would just be Agent Smith. Although I guess Josh <laughs> Brolin would just be Thanos. But you know That's what? The, we, we, either one I think would be good. I'm going with Brolin. Cool. Obi Wan Kenobi. Gary Oldman. I oh man, I was just thinking of Gary Oldman before you said that, and I go, I wish he could be in this movie. I just don't know who he played. Yeah. Today, Excellent. Obi Wan. Obi Wan. Yeah. All right. Okay. Luke Skywalker. Timothy Chalamet. Uh, you you have a love for this kid. I do. I like him. I, I again, very back and forth, back and forth between. We said this in a, in a previous episode that you know him and Tom Holland are like. Well, yeah, they're like. It was like it was like it was going to be one of those two. I'm going Chalamet. Do I we think. know? Do, I mean, I'm sure you know over me. Do you know how old Mark Hamill was when the movie was made? I think he was like 17, 18. 
Are you serious? He was young. He was I young. thought he was like 30. Man, I was way off. No, okay. no, no. Harrison Ford was closer to 30. He was, he was much older. But right, right. Okay. I think both, both Mark Hamill and, Prince, and, uh, and um, Carrie Fisher were, were young. Were young. Speaking of Princess Leia, there's two actresses I'm going back and forth with on this one as well. And I think I'm going Saoirse Ronan for that one. Okay. Inter- that's interesting. Yeah. And I know they were, they were in Little Women together, Chalamet and, and, and Saoirse Ronan, but I think I got it. The other one I was thinking was Margaret Qualley, who you would – you mentioned you'd seen The Nice Guy. She's in that. She's in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as the, the hitchhiker. That okay. Up. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, so one of those two, but I think Saoirse Ronan. Han Solo. This was this was the tough one. Oh yeah, this was tough because who who do you get to be Han Solo? Who's the coolest actor right now? Who like who do you get? I landed on Adonis Creed himself, Michael B. Jordan. Uh, okay, interesting. It's gonna be it's gonna be different. It's gonna be don't, different because there's don't, nobody. Don't, don't, don't do. know if he don't know if he can even match half of Harrison Ford's charisma. But nobody okay. can. That's the yeah, problem. Yeah, but I don't. I disagree. I think the guy who they got for Poe Dameron was just as fucking Again, charismatic. No, no, no Star Wars guys. No, no, no I know, Star but, Wars but they but they did a good job getting somebody who fits that cool. You know, cool in a different way, though. Cool in a different yeah. way. I, you know, I, I, I think Michael Jordan. I mean, who? I mean, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to listen to your recasting. Hey, man, Sam Rockwell all the way. He's too old. <laughs> I know he's way Sam, too old. Honestly, <laughs> Sam Rockwell is Tarkin. I'd be into it. Okay, I can see that too. I can see that. Different thing. Just be, have him just be completely scummy. Yeah. Uh, Sam Sam Rockwell's my Lando. We're doing. But he'll be. <laughs> yeah. Okay. In, in Empire, we'll remember that. All right. So that's recasting. Let us know what you think if you have any recasting. But let's move on to what this movie does better than any other movie, because we know that not every movie can be the greatest movie of all time. But we do contend that every movie does at least one thing better than any other. Derek, did you have anything for this? I did. Um, I said that this film specifically, this first Star Wars movie, lifted sci-fi movies to the highest it'll ever go. Uh, I don't think there's another movie that can contend with this movie as far as sci-fi goes and just the heights it took it to. I'm sure people could even argue that this movie took movies to different heights. Um, That could be an argument. But I think to be safe... What it does better than every other movie is that it's it's the uh, it's it's the one sci-fi movie that just completely skyrocketed that genre. Okay, so I've got I've got a few. So I think this is probably the best kickoff to a franchise. I mean, it's not like how many movies because this. I mean, one thing we got to say like the the huge hits of today, you know, Marvel movies. You know, even going back to like Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings, they have – they're not really kicking off a franchise. They're continuations of a book series or, or, or an adaptation of something. This is like totally original, right? So this is just the first thing we see of this world. Uh, I also think it has the best rogue character in Han Solo. We've talked about that, and I think it's got the best entrance for a villain of a movie. I, I mean just in that all-white hallway, just this – black figure this jet black costume walking through it's it's something else but let's move on to the oscars and this was almost the year that we did 
instead of 2000. This is 78. Star Wars wins Best Original Score, Best Sound, Best Costume Design, Best Art Direction, Best Editing, and Best Visual Effects. It is nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Supporting Actor, and Best Original Screenplay. So let's go through the major categories. As we know, this year, 1978, Annie Hall wins Best Picture. Other nominees, The Goodbye Girl, Julia, The Turning Point, which is a movie that does not exist anywhere uh, other than on a very expensive DVD, and of course, Star Wars. I mean, of the ones that we've seen, Star Wars and Annie Hall. Very tough to compare those movies. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a tough one. I, I want to say Annie Hall's incredible, and I, I I'm not going to argue too hard against it, but what I will say is with the benefit of hindsight, what movie has been as influential as Star Wars? And you might say Annie Hall because it's been very influential in a lot of rom-coms. Right. It's, it's the neck and neck and different. different it's, it's almost, this is as close to a tie, but Star Wars does not, to my knowledge, have anyone in the cast who is accused of rape. So I want to say in the year of our Lord, 2021, Star Wars wins Best Picture in 1978. Okay. Best Director, Woody Allen, wins for Annie Hall. Steven Spielberg is nominated for Close Encounters. Fred Zinneman for Julia. George Lucas for Star Wars. And Herbert Ross for The Turning Point. So, as far as direction goes, what do you think? Who who takes it? I'm going to give it to Lucas. I think he's just... Uh, I think his... Um... The world he created is bigger than anything else in film that's uh, that came out that year. Yeah. In my opinion, I think he, I think he deserves it. I think so. I, I would. I mean, the, to me, the strength of Annie Hall is more in the writing than in the direction. Although, I mean, it's it's, it's a well-made film. It's a well-crafted film, but there's nothing in there that there's no shots in that movie that transport me necessarily. You know, there's, you know, in Star Wars, just the the first image you see, you see the ship trying to fly away and the Star Destroyer just taking up the whole screen. It, it's just some of the images in this are unforgettable. So, yeah. so best actor. Do we want to, I mean, it would have to be Mark Hamill. I, I like his performance, but it's not like a knockout, like acting yeah. performance. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. So we'll skip that one. Best actress, it would have to be Carrie Fisher. Uh, personally, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't give her the nom. She's she's memorable, but not for the acting. Yes, the characters they create are great, but there's not. I think. I think maybe you make a case in Empire more for the acting than this one. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's it when you break it down. This is a movie that's more than some of its parts, in my opinion. Supporting actor. Here's an interesting one. Because Alec Guinness is nominated as Obi-Wan. Doesn't win. Uh, It's won by Jason Robards in Julia. Mikhail Baryshnikov in The Turning Point. Peter Firth in Equus. And Maximilian Schell in Julia. So the two nominees for Julia. Yeah, I would say for starters, uh, right off the bat, I I would replace Alec Guinness with Harrison Ford. Agreed, and I would also give him the win. Yes. 
Harrison Ford is the official winner of best supporting actor for this and, year. For and, the and, you, and you know what's funny? You know what's funny? Uh, I'm, again, I'm not comparing his character to this character, but in, in a lot of ways, like Harrison Ford's character in this almost reminds me of like, like Alan Arkin won in 2006 for Little Miss Sunshine. And like, he didn't really do a whole lot. What, what he did do is that he was funny as hell. And he was uh, memorable, and his, he had some of the best one-liners that I've ever heard in a movie. Harrison Ford, I wouldn't say his acting is like, whoa, but he's so cool. He delivers every line very memorable, and he deserves it because, if of, fucking you know. Barishnikov can be nominated, not having even seen that movie, then, then Harrison Ford can be nominated playing right. Solo. And again, I think, it's also, sake. I think it's also like, uh, you know, it's because of the year, too. If, if Harrison Ford is going up against... Uh, Anthony Hopkins and Silence of the Lambs, you know, that's a different ball game. Uh, but I think that year from, and I haven't seen a lot of the acting, but, uh, and I'm sure if we did do that year that we were supposed to originally, and maybe we'd have a different opinion on them, but who knows? But Harrison Ford, yeah, he at least deserves a nom. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I don't think anyone for Best Supporting Actress, I don't think there's really any major, you know, roles for, for women in this movie other than Princess Leia. Unless you really want to make an Aunt Beru case, I'm I'm not going to. It's sad that it's sad that she got killed, you know. But yeah, it is. They didn't do anything. Maybe this maybe this should have gone into into least favorite thing about the movie. Luke, when his aunt and uncle who raised him from a baby die, he's just like, I don't believe it. <laughs> Let's go. And then when Obi Wan, who as far as we can tell, was like the weirdo from the town over, is is killed. He loses it, and he's like, next thing he's like, I can't believe he's gone. And Luke Skywalker's uh, aunt, she's like, she like backs him so much when her when her uncle his uncle is yeah. like, no, 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 I'll, I'll make it up to him next year. You we need him for the harvest. He's like, he's got no friends. Let him go live. And then the poor woman dies. Uh, yeah, justice for Aunt Beru. And again, and again, again, I know it's Luke's uncle and aunt, but at the same time, they, they raised him, so they're kind of like his parents. Yeah. When, okay, later on, when Anakin's mom dies, he fucking kills a whole fucking tribe. Luke's yeah. like, I'm going on, I'm just going to, I'm leaving, and I'm going to go on adventure. Anakin's like, no, 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 no. I'm going I'm I'm to remo- your, I'm gonna kill your kids. I'm going to kill your women. I'm going to kill re- your old men. I'm, like, removing, I'm removing a race from history. Yeah. <laughs> I'm deleting a town. <laughs> um, yeah, tough look for our guy Luke. Yeah. Hashtag justice for Aunt Peru. <laughs> so if we're, not, if, if we're not following Aunt Peru for Twitter, I don't know what we're doing. But she's probably she probably. Oh, we didn't do point. a Twitter. We didn't do a Twitter follow. Of course, that is going to be Aunt Peru. Aunt Peru. No, it's going to be Mark Hamill because he's active on Twitter. He's great. Follow him if you're not already. Yeah, if you're a Star Wars fan, if you're a Batman fan, if you're a, f- a fan of his or, or a fan of the podcast, give him a follow. But now we come to the most important part of the show. And that is when we put 30 seconds on the clock, big three zero, and on a stopwatch, I don't use Spotify, and Derek tells us in that 30 seconds why our subject is the greatest movie of all time, Derek are you ready? I am not ready. I'm never ready, but let's just let's just do it. Derek, this is a, a responsibility that you have taken on. Three, two, one, go. Star Wars, 1977, George Lucas. Can you get more iconic than this movie? Can you? I'm here to tell you 
no, you can't get more iconic than this movie. This movie, it, 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 it just made movies into, into new things, new, new uh, effects. Effects were so big for this. Uh, the characterization, the, the, the materials it sold. Great. This is one of the greatest movies of all time. You're an idiot if you haven't seen it. Bottom time. line. Time. Well, if you haven't seen it, you're an idiot. Uh, <laughs> so let us know, folks. What do you think? Is Star Wars the greatest movie of all time? Does it really – is it really even the same category as other movies? Has it – is in that rarefied air where it's tough to break down you know, in other ways? Let us know your thoughts, and if you hate it, if you think it's – if you agree with Pauline Kael and you think that this is too childish to even be considered – if you agree with Gene Simmons, the bassist of Kiss. <laughs> <laughs> For, we, we find out that Gene Simmons hates Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, he's probably like, he, I mean, he basically stole his whole fucking like, gim, like merchandise gimmick from Star Wars. So I bet he's a big fan. I bet he respects the game. You know, I, I, I really hope that Pauline Kale becomes your Robert Christo. No, because she, she, I, I respect Pauline Kale. I just disagree with her. I don't think you respect Christo. I mean, I don't know if I respect him either. You're right. Hashtag justice for Christo. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that was our episode on Star Wars. I had a lot of fun watching it. I had a lot of fun doing this episode. We hope you enjoyed it as well. Derek, what's coming up in the greatest album of all time podcast? So uh, Gia and I just recorded an episode uh, that was Thriller by Michael Jackson. And we, uh, we had mentioned that we were going to have a guest on and we're going to do Atlantis Morissette, but she actually couldn't do it this week, so we're going to do that next week. So we swapped two episodes, but yep, the Thriller by Michael Jackson should be coming out. I don't know. Uh, this, is, this, this is already going to be out by the time this episode comes out, but um, that one's going to be next. Then we're doing the Atlantis Morissette. And then after that, we are doing Nirvana with the great Rick Barrasso. Beautiful. The big Rick Boski. Big Rick <laughs> Big Rick Boski. <laughs> We could be the Rick Boski and, and, and Deck Boski. No, I mean, there's too many Boskis. Too many Boskis. I'll be I'll be Rick Boski on the on the music podcast. Okay, good, good, good. All right, so listen to that podcast. Download it if you haven't. That's on Spotify. That's uh, on uh, Podbean. Uh, so check that out. The greatest album of all time. Next week on our podcast, we're doing something. Maybe equally as iconic. I know we just got. Got through saying maybe nothing's as iconic as this. Right. But I think maybe we found something. And that Rick, is I I can't even hold my excitement right now, just for you to say this. We are doing Jane Austen's Mafia. No, we are doing <laughs> <laughs> We are doing The Godfather. The Godfather. Oh man. I, I better I better you know, Rick, I better prepare my thirty seconds of fame for this one. Yeah, I mean that that'd be that'd be outrageous. You be when, when you ask me, and I say, segment? "Are you ready?" I'm going to say, "I'm ready, Rick. Let's do this." That might be a shocker. I'd, I'm I'm prepared. I'm glad I sit down when we do this show. So we've got the we've got the Godfather coming up, and you know what? Right after that, we're doing the Godfather Part Two. So we, we might as we might as I might even I'm probably going to watch them both back to back just just so I can get the full experience of the Godfather. I just don't know put, if I'm going to do that. I think I think I may separate them. I think I got I got I got to put some space. Right. I mean, that's, that's also Between six hours of time you need to put aside. But. It is. Have you seen the uh, – maybe talk about this. Have you seen the, the, the HBO cut 
the the like whatever it was that came out I, last year that was, I have not seen it yet. No, it's well worth watching. Okay, I'm so excited. I, I wouldn't recommend it. You know, the next few weeks because we to talk about the movie separately and you don't want to see them edited together. But yeah, Godfather and Godfather Two. After that, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. We we are gonna go on a string of some excellent fucking movies. Yep. And after Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, we're going back to Back to the Future with Back to the Future Part 2. And we're having a guest. Who's the guest going to be that week? Buddy of mine, Lucas Lamott. I'm so excited for Lucas to come on. He has, su- he has a lot of cool things to say about a lot of cool things. Excellent. So we're going all the way to the year 2015 during sequel month. <laughs> the year the Chicago Cubbies won. Indeed. No, I'm sorry. They, they did beat, not win. They, they, won- beat, they beat Miami. They, in the I was going to say, series. in real life, they won in 2016. Yeah, they were clo- it was close. Yeah, was 2015 close. was the Royals. That's right. Okay. Anyway, so we get a lot of fun stuff coming up on this show. Derek has a lot of fun stuff coming up on the greatest album of all time. We hope you enjoyed this show as well. And please tell your friends about us. We're not joking. Review it. Word of mouth is the best way for us to grow and have more fun with you guys. So please do that. Yes. For this week, though, I have been... Your co-host, Rick Barrasso. And I have been your co-host, the big Dick Boski. May the force be with you. Always. And also with you. Damn it. Derek, you stepped on my... No. <laughs> Leave that in. <laughs>